What up, GW Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Great White Buffalo Podcast. I'm Ben Mayfield, and ladies and gentlemen, this is a long-awaited episode. The man who has lived with me in this house before, the only person who's ever lived here besides myself, is where the current studio is, the GW Nation studio. This room was once lived by Mr. Will Maxwell, who is a fantastic friend. He's a brother in Christ. He's awesome. Super wise guy. He's a lawyer. He's a prosecutor. Has a heart of gold. Amazing human being. And he's on today's podcast along with longtime guest, Mr. Nathan Dickens, who y'all know. Y'all love Nathan. And we today on this podcast, we talk a little bit about what it's like to live with me and what it's like to live with Will. And <laughs> we have some, some pretty good stories. Uh, Will knows a little bit behind the scenes, what it's like to live with Ben in the off hours, and so it's pretty funny. And then, of course, we get into a kind of a controversial topic, but not really. It's just a good... We we, we approach the topic with some heartfeltness about the, the Lil Nas X, and we talk a little bit about, you know, the controversy surrounding the rapper who released the shoes that were a little, uh, you know, um, provoking to certain groups, and so we're going to talk about that. And then we just kind of talk a little bit of just more about love and, and scripture and faith and, and, and being in you know community with one another. And it's really good. Nathan goes on some some really good spiritual rants that I'm just like enthralled with like, oh, okay, like I mean this guy's next level genius. And then Will's got some great heartfelt stuff too, some nuggets of wisdom. And it's just a fantastic episode. So if you love it, please subscribe and tell a friend. We we want you to to tell people about Great White Buffalo. Tell them about the podcast. Tell them, you know, what your favorite episode is. You know, let us know which one's your favorite. If you have a particular episode, DM us on Instagram at the Great White Buffalo Podcast on Instagram. Let us know if you have some guests that you really enjoyed. Let us know and see if we can get them back on the podcast. And maybe we'll do a a twenty question episode. We haven't done that in a while, which is just like a fun, you know, ask twenty random questions. You know, we have some spiritual podcasts. We have some. I get Winston and the boys in here. I'm also trying to get some interviews with uh, a guy who was on MasterChef, got fourth place on MasterChef, so I'm really trying to get him to come in the studio. So I'm super stoked about that. So just let us know, and just know that we love you, and just appreciate you all listening and being part of the, of the Great White Buffalo Nation. And, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode of GWB Podcast. Wandering through the great plains of life. Things move fast, sometimes a blur. Don't you let this bumpy road separate you from the herd. And when you think the day is done, the sun is getting low. We're all looking for something rare. The Great White Buffalo. The Great White Buffalo. Podcast with Ben Mayfield. Welcome to another episode of the Great White Buffalo Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a treat and I don't say that lightly right now. We are the three amigos in here. We are the titans of terror because today's episode will be terrific. I this I haven't done a Great White Buffalo podcast in a while, and I, I, I've been trying to do it more regularly. And luckily, to my left in the co-pilot seat is a man that y'all know who is always willing to come do it. This is Mr. Nathan Dickens. How are you, Nathan? I'm great. How are you doing? Nathan, it's fantastic to have you. It's I, great to be back. It's... Um, it's been a while since you've been here. It's been a while. I mean, this might be the first one of the new year, maybe. Yeah. Well, I released two episodes that you were on, but we did them in 2020. So this is the yeah. first time you've recorded in 2021. Feels good. God, it's good to have you in here. And it's in March, too. So we can say we didn't, we didn't wait till April. We didn't wait. Yeah, we didn't wait. Long. We didn't wait too long. Too long, for sure. 
And then we don't have anybody in the in the seat of honor because for some reason he's set in the fourth seat, but it's whatever. It's the man who actually has lived in this room. It was a great year. It's a great year. We we a full year. A full year. Actually, it was a little longer than a year. I want to say it was like a year and like four months, maybe. You know, in the state of Georgia, and he would know this better, being a lawyer. But that means you're legally married. I, I I'm so excited. I would choose no other person. <laughs> Never been consummated. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard about him on this podcast. It's the Honorable Doctor Will Maxwell. How are you, Will Maxwell? <laughs> Not a doctor, but great, Benjamin. <laughs> I'm sorry. Reverend. What is your degree in? Uh, a Juris Doctor, so they just do a JD or an Esquire on the back So is that not a doctor, though? We usually don't refer to each other as doctors, okay. but there is a lot of names for them. Okay, Dr. Maxwell. Um, I appreciate you being here. <laughs> he is a lawyer. You're, what type of lawyer do you do? Public defender. Oh, my God. So that's how you know he has a good heart. For Lumpkin County and? White County. So if you're ever in trouble... It's not like a, Listen, he doesn't get like a pro bono. This is this is the only public defender. Oh, I know, but I'm just saying instead of hiring one, I I would never hire a public defender or uh, a lawyer. I would just have if he was my public defender, just I'm stay. letting Will. I'm letting Will take care of it all. This, he actually tr- cares. A true story. I've told Will this off air. If I ever like have like a legal issue i'm gonna hire like a lawyer that specializes in that you know like whatever it's like a trial law whatever but then i'm gonna hire will to be my lawyer's lawyer so that lawyer's trying to scam me you know like oh yeah sign this document and will's like no sir he will not sign that document because that's going to give away half of his life i'm like what i didn't know that thanks will maxwell will's kind of like a my lawyer on retainer that i don't pay because i'll just call him or text him and be like will what do i need to do as my lawyer, what needs to happen? And he always takes care of it. But uh. Well, one time at the church, well, we're just going to talk about you when I'm actually talk, <laughs> is one time we're at the church, and they're like, yeah, uh, we had to have this notarized for it to be, like, legal. And I was like, I don't think that's true. And they're like, yeah, 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 it's true. And I was like, well, my roommate's a lawyer. I'm just going to call him. I called him. He answers, and he's on speakerphone. I'm like, well, do we have to have this notarized for this to be legal? And he's like, no, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You don't have to get that notarized <laughs> Boom, at all. roasted. And the other people in the room were like, oh. and I was like, all right, cool, thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. And it was like, but he like backed me up 100%. I was like, yes. He like, feels bad advice. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, we got sued, but it's okay. <laughs> so, Will, as the, the listeners might not know this, I... I had a roommate in, in, in when I did like a summer camp with 4-H. I lived with a couple of guys. But as far as like real roommates, in college I had like two guys, Fox, you know Fox, yep. um, and a guy named Brandon, both great guys. But the only person I've like lived, lived with, well, I lived with Winston and Josh for a little while, but that, I, you know, that ended it. With that the, doesn't count as a little while. It, it was, was like, a little. It was like two weeks. It was two months. <laughs> Was it two months? It was two months. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I paid rent for six months, <laughs> but we actually lived there for two months. Yeah. Anyways, and then Will Maxwell is my longest roommate that I've ever had, and we actually lived, I live in this house, and he lived here for a little over a year. Will, what is it like living with Ben Mayfield? Don't hold back. People want to know what has been like after hours. Ladies, you're missing out, first of all. <laughs> okay. We have a lot of single ladies. <laughs> Very positive to person to be around on the daily all the time. I'll say that. I think a woman potentially could improve the cleaning <laughs> in the kitchen area. <laughs> facts. Straight facts. <laughs> That's Ben's weakness. And then 
for some reason, our front lawn got so high that the neighbors felt sorry for us and cut the grass for us. But it's not a big front, big lawn. So. No, it's not. But I think, how many times did you cut it last year? Well, well, it's changed. My dad got a driving lawnmower. So, so he likes to drive all the way from his house to my house, which takes probably a solid 10 minutes on driving long. No, it does not. He but, literally lives like five houses down. But it's pretty slow. But he comes and cuts <laughs> my grass now, so my grass is always cut. So it's super nice. But I will say that the kitchen part is very true. It's very accurate. I just love the keto days because <laughs> <laughs> he would uh, – Come home after not eating all day, and it would be. Can I say this on there? Yeah, yeah, say whatever you want to. I don't care. <laughs> Five bratwurst and just oh my like a gosh. massive uh, cheese dip. You get it, you know, Kroger or whatever, and that and onions. Those that three cannot things. be good for you. It's not good for you. I mean, he shredded weight like crazy, but Wait, I was thinking uh, he's gonna have a heart attack. Yeah, that's it's gonna <laughs> so, give you a heart attack. I forgot that you were part of this key. Can I, I don't know if I've ever really discussed this before on the podcast, so I'm actually kind of excited that you're here. I. Went to the doctor with, for poison ivy, and it was really bad on my ear. And I wouldn't go, and people were like, it's kind of gross, but you need to go. <laughs> and so I said, all right, fine. And so I go to the hospital or the doctor's office, and I get on the scale because they like this way you as normal. Yeah. And she keeps going, and it's like 303, I think is what she said. But, but you're I, an athletic 303. No, no, there no. ever was <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I appreciate it. I was 303 pounds, and I think I was a little more. I think she just kind of was like, ah, whatever, 303. Because one of those, like, it wasn't a digital. Yeah. It was like one of those old school like scales. Like the scales. Yeah. And she literally went, she went, she went, damn, <laughs> you chubby. I was like, can you say that? You're a doctor. <laughs> she didn't say that, but that's kind of what she was, like, implying a little bit. <laughs> and so that's where I was like, I got to change my life. And I forget that you were it, you lived here with me. And so with the keto diet, you know, you do no carbs, no sugar, or very low carbs, very low sugar, which I'm not a very good cook in general, but I knew how to cook bratwurst, and I knew how to cook onions. Actually. And you knew how to pick up queso from Kroger. And I knew how to do queso from Kroger. But it was something that was I was disciplined in that I could go, I would fast all day, not eat any food, and then I would come home, I would cook my onions and my bratwurst, and I would chop them up, put them in a bowl, and then warm up the cheese dip and pour the cheese dip on top, and that was my dinner. That was my little ha-ha-ha-ha. You did get shredded. Like, you lost a lot of weight. I lost like 80-something pounds, yeah. But that can't be healthy. Oh, my heart gave out yeah. multiple times. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think I was at, like, let's just say 303. I got down to 225, 224, and right now I'm at, like, 240, maybe 238. Okay. That's good. So I've kind of like leveled off there. And I'm trying to get back down to the 220s because I do feel pretty thin at that weight. But I feel like this is like normal Ben would be around this weight. But going that heavy, man, my sleeping improved. Mm. My energy improved. My breathing improved. I pretty much, you know, I still have asthma, you know, problems. But literally I was taking my inhaler like twice a day. And now it went down. Like well, I didn't have to take it, but maybe once a week, if that. Yeah. So, well, that was part of the thing that you were part of. That. That was awesome. Ben's an encourager too, folks out there. Um, I'm just thinking that, and this was like a life change for me. Just never want to get to the point where you feel like you have to follow a bunch of rules when serving Jesus. But um, we should get up and read our Bible. You know, that should be something we just do because it's 
food, you know, it's bread. And Ben, we started off first of the year, because I moved in a little bit before the first of the year, and he encouraged a lot of guys around that was hanging out uh, to have a, you know, like a yearly, what's that called when you have a yearly thing? A devotional? No, or like a, at the beginning of the year. Like a yearly it? Bible New, plan? New Year's resolution. New Year's resolution. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then, and they were spiritual, and so that was like, Ben encouraged me to, you know, read your Bible every day. And I think ever since living with Ben after a week or two, I've, you know, pretty much done that. And that's been, you know, that's a life-changing thing to fully appreciate that. And so so, you, so you can deal with a uh, not-so-nice kitchen trade-off for some good old Bible reading yeah. Jesus. I had a preacher that lived with me, and so it was a daily oh, thing. Oh, oh, man. Okay, well, here's a couple of things that he's being nice with. One... <laughs> And we'd be watching a movie. Like, Will and I would get excited for, like, something nerdy or something. We would, like, watch a movie. And I'm like, yeah, let's do this. And we're eating the food. And I'm eating my bratwurst or whatever. He's got his, you know, chicken, asparagus, whatever he's eating. And then he would, like, hey, can we pause the movie? And I'm like, why are we pause the movie? It's like, okay. And then he would get to where he doesn't want to pause the movie anymore. But he would go wash the dishes when he was done. I'm like, let's finish the movie <laughs> and then do the dishes. And he was like, no, no, no. You do the dishes when the dishes are, are dirty, and then you don't have to worry about it later. It was like, yeah, but the movie's going. <laughs> so, like, well, that was like a train of thought of, like, but we have to miss the movie. And then he always, and then I like to sleep. This this boy right here is like a 6 a.m. Saturday, like, ooh, let's get that sunrise. Let's get that coffee yeah, going. This time of day. Let's, like, let's Jesus time. Every, his, his, this is what I love about you is every moment that I'm awake is a moment I can be actively living with Jesus. And I'm like, well, he's also like with me when I sleep, hopefully, like in my dreams. But nah, man. And it encouraged <laughs> me to wake up, get up, get active. Uh, we we used to go play like you know games and stuff. It was fun. I loved it. It sounds like it's happy times. Uh, it yeah. sounds like happy times. Yeah. And it, when he decided to move out, you know, he said, you know, the smell is too much. That's <laughs> not what I said. <laughs> it was the nicest breakup that I ever had. It was the nicest breakup. <laughs> and it encouraged me to start the podcast. So the podcast studio, which I call the studio, is where Will's room was. So, yeah. so when he moved out, maybe like three months, it was just an empty room. Like it was just just empty. Like there was nothing in here. Did you used to sit in here and eat your bratwurst and cry a little bit? <laughs> uh, I, I feel like maybe this, I'm just making this up in my head. I don't know if it's true. I think I took a picture one time of an empty room. I was like, <laughs> if you ever want to come back, Will is always here for you. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? And then someone else encouraged me about like, Ben, you've always talked about doing a podcast. Why don't you just do a podcast? And I was like, oh, I got a room for it. And so I literally got a, a foldable table out and some chairs. Yeah. And Nathan was there for those early days. And like I just was started recording. And then, you know, slowly, as you see, Will, the room has built into this craziness. And it's been fantastic. And I've talked about you a couple times on the podcast. It's just always just being just a really solid roommate. We used to play this game called Will It Queso, you know. Like oh yeah, anything Will Queso. Uh, there was like one item that were like, nah. well, pork rinds with queso is amazing. <laughs> see? Ooh. See? Ooh. And I'm not a pork rinds guy. <laughs> that yes. crunch though, I like some. Well, pork that rinds. was my that was my snack because pork rinds are keto friendly. And the, your heart is going to give out <laughs> like everything keto friendly sounds terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I probably should have ate like more like, <laughs> vegetables, but I did not. Uh, but like, I would I would eat pork rinds with with queso, and I remember Will was like, "Ooh, like gross! Like, what are you doing?" I was like, "Listen, man, I love pork rinds, but they get kind of redundant in flavor because there is no flavor. It's pork rinds." 
but that queso, and it's kind of like a tortilla chip. And he was like, I don't know. He tried it. I was like, all right, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is pretty good. It's like Willie Queso. Anything else, Will? Any last things about our roommates before we move on to our next subject? Man, I guess next it. That was, that was good. It was a good year and some change. I'm trying to think. I'd, I'd have to re like remember all the things because that was like, I want to say you were here when I took over the youth ministry job. I don't say mm-hmm. took over, like I conquered it. You know, Scott left and then I got mm-hmm. promoted. Yep. Like you were here for that transition. You were here for when I started my master's program. You were here when I did my keto. Like you were here for a lot of big milestones for me. And so I just want to say I really appreciate you, man. And um, I love you. And, I, and I'm glad you're on this, today's podcast. Love you too, brother. The energy in this room, I just need to tell listeners, and I've told Will this, is that anytime I hang out with Will, and then Ben finds out I was hanging out with Will. He's always like, "So is Will happy? Is does he like his new roommate? Like, is he is is he as happy with his new roommate as he was with me?" It just feels like this this breakup. But right now, it just feels like a rekindling. Yeah, you know? we're, we're Rachel and Ross season ten right now. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like like, like she got off the airport. Like like, <laughs> like like she's here. You know, I don't know if you know the Friends reference there. Well, oh, yeah. okay. okay. <laughs> Well, I know friends, but maybe not that reference. <laughs> I was actually thinking about, and you may want to cut this out at some point, but you know, you think about being places and certain testimonies, and I just have a big testimony of in this house of like struggling with particular sin to the point of like questioning, you know, because if Jesus is in you, he's going to help you out with your sin because sin is the enemy and he o- overcomes your enemies. Um, but there's a particular one that I just kept struggling with over and over and over, and it was over the course of a long periods of time, but it was here where I just like got down and out about it to the point of just questioning the Lord, even in my own soul of like, you know, Jesus, if you're in me, like how come I keep struggling with this? And I remember to the point of like almost telling Ben, I was remember he's about to leave and almost telling him like, pray for me, brother. And he left to go do something with his dad. And while he was gone, it was just like, you know, struggling with this and like falling in it. But then just like, putting on the TV and just listening to a simple gospel message by Matt Chandler, who's a very um, academic-type preacher, awesome. Um, but he just got down, usually took his 45-minute sermon down to 25, 30 minutes, and just talked about Jesus and the gospel. And it just hit me. And at that moment, just um, just I did, never struggled with it again and just plugged on some gospel music. And Ben comes back, I think, with his dad, and we're going to watch a Georgia game. And he was like, man, it's like a revival in here. I'm like saying, you have no idea. Like just the Lord forever changed me like in Ben's living room on that particular thing. So it's just something I'll always remember um, on that for sure. That's awesome. Dang, dude. First and foremost, it's always our living room. (laughs) 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 That's the sweetest thing I could say, right? You know, like, um, you know, and there is some, there's one of those things where, I, I've been thinking about relationships a lot lately, and and both of y'all, you know, are probably in the same shoes. I don't know where you are. I know I think you're dating a girl right now, mm-hmm. aren't you? Uh, that is to Will. In case y'all wondering who said it. Mm-hmm. Will's dating somebody, and but we're all still not married. And so there's been a couple of times where like, I've come home after like a really awesome day of like student ministry. Like literally, the kids are on fire for the Lord. You know, the sermon kind of was like I always worry a little bit of like. You know, the Holy Spirit's going to lead me. I get that. My insecurity comes from, like, did it make sense? Like, did that that connect? Or was I not prepared enough? Like, was it it too out there? Was it too high plane? Was it too low bar? 
And so, like, but when they get it, you're like, yes, like, yes, Jesus is working in their right. lives, and it just feels great. They have fun. You have good stories. The kids are laughing. And I've come home, especially in the last year, especially well before quarantine too. Quarantine made it way worse. But I was like, I didn't have anybody to share life with. And one of the things that I'm thinking for Will, and, and I know Will's not a wife, he's not a relationship, but it was always really comforting to come home and talk to you about my message. I said, well, I mean, I don't know if you remember that. I'd be like, this is the sermon that yeah. I'm thinking I'm doing, or this is, what do you think about this? This is what I said. And because I was really, I, I got that new leadership role as the as the youth director, so I, I was speaking to high schoolers regularly that I was not, normally doing so i was nervous i was scared you know like let me like i need some affirmation or i need some guidance i need something and having those conversations will really help me formulate some of those early years of how to like kind of find your rhythm as a pastor um and so and you also help me you know mature a lot in faith i think i have a really good grasp of of grace and forgiveness and because that's kind of where I was brought into the relationship with the Lord is with grace and forgiveness and and wiping away some shame. And so that was really awesome. And I'm still growing in that aspect, but that's kind of where I was formed. The part that I wasn't formed was some of the biblical roots and some of the the discipline and the obedience and some of the, uh, you know, maturity that comes with faith. Like you have to put childish behavior away when you start growing up in your faith. And so I felt like I had this part really figured out with Jesus, but yeah. I needed to lean into more of what it means to be a man of God mm-hmm. and not just be of God. And so I just really appreciate that if I'm just being sincere and for real. And now I'm hoping that I can find, you know, through that there's some really good elements of, you know, one day when I find a wife, I hope to share, you know, a little bit about faith with them. I don't know, I'm not trying to compare you to a future yeah. wife, but that's what I'm trying to do, but I'm not trying to do that. So I just feel that's really sweet. Nathan, Nathan, you do that too, man, for both of us. I was just going to say, I think that um, my grandpa was a preacher. And so you just kind of see, I didn't live with them, but you just see how much they pour their heart and souls into the people they minister to. Like their whole life is, I'm living all out for you, Lord, and I want other people to have joy in you. And so I just think that, you know, preachers, you know, we have two right here, um, Nathan and Ben, but, you know, they need to be supported and appreciated. And like they, you just see what they do. So just... I think it's good for us not to expect that they'll be Jesus 100%. Like they're not perfect. You know, they're not God themselves, but they are a big hand and feet of the Lord. And, um, you know, you just it's just good to support support our pastors, you know. Absolutely. And, and if you're uh, living with somebody or if you're listening to this podcast, driving the road, think about someone you lived with who maybe you just like, oh, that was fun living with them, but really think about some of the pros that that person poured into you. And if you have an opportunity, reach out to them, man. Send them a text message. Send them a phone call. Just let them know that they're loved because, you know, I don't think I've done that enough for Will, and I just appreciate living with you, man. Same here. Nathan, you have anything to add to that? This is, this is beautiful to watch, <laughs> unfolding this. This is just uh, – I'll leave anytime I need to. No, this no, is no. just beautiful. Well, and, and it's cool because, too, because, like, I'm really close with Nathan, and Nathan's close with me. Nathan's close to Will. Will's close to Nathan, and it's like so. This is this, this cool brotherhood. Nathan did not live with us though. Um, never got the invite. Never got the well. You know, think about Apparently it. Apparently, I have a dog, so it's like one seventy-seven no-go. Stone Ridge was lived in. Yeah, yeah. 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 that's true. Beautiful. It was partying it up. The 
let's go into our next topic. And this topic, I, I even debate whether or not we should talk about it because I don't know if I know all the full facts. I don't do normally. I don't do current events. But this current event has a lot to do with faith, I think. Mm-hmm. has a lot to do with the church. I work at a church. I work with faith. And it has to do particularly like around young people. And I know my youth kids have been talking about it, been chirping about it. And so I have, I just, I feel like I'm in a safe place where we can discuss this. And we're not trying to tear anybody down. We're not trying to get political or whatever it may be. But we're just trying to shed some light on how we can love yeah. and be more like Jesus and shine like Jesus. But have you heard the news about a rapper, Little Nas X? I hope I'm saying that right. And he is famous for the song Old Town Road. He did like Billy Ray Cyrus. I don't know if you've heard that. They had, mm-hmm. had like a Super Bowl commercial too. Yeah. Um, very catchy song. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, um, it's a great song. And so he has done this. I think, you know, it, it's like a marketing campaign too. Like obviously it's getting buzz. Everybody's talking about him. Like he's on all the news. Everybody's all over social media. But he got these shoes from Nike. Nike didn't make these shoes, but they're like Nike shoes. And like he repurposed them. With he put real blood into each pair of shoes. He had six hundred and sixty-six shoes, pairs of mm-hmm. shoes, which is the mark of the beast. Is that what it's called? Mark of the beast, like the six six six. It's just always kind of been a number for Satan is six six six. Yeah, and so he did that. Has blood in it, and then and it's like selling them like they're like devil shoes, like so they're anti-Christian, and he's selling these shoes, and they sold out. In like thirty seconds, all six hundred and sixty six pairs. Yeah. Um, which I don't know how much he was selling them for, probably like three hundred bucks. So it probably made some change. And he has a song that comes out with it. But the part two that's also controversial. So that part is like obviously demonic. Obviously he's he's going with the Satan thing. Like, okay, I get that. Yeah. The other part that I saw on social media that I kinda want Nathan Will and myself will kinda expand upon. If you're listening, I hope you are thinking about this too if it wasn't on your radar maybe look into it and, and let us know what you think you know send us a dm on instagram but it talked about how the church he little nas x is openly gay and he's talked about in a tweet how the church hurt him that he was ostracized that he was bullied that he was you know uh, told he was going to burn in hell forever like all these like really awful things Mm-hmm. And and so for him, this is justified of what what he's doing. Of like, yeah. man, y'all are, y'all are hypocrites. Y'all are, are all this. And I have some I have some issues with that. But Nathan, what are some of your initial thoughts? Because you have Wesley kids who probably have asked you this, or at least on their radars as well. Everybody's on social media these days. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got off of uh, besides Nathan, of course. Well, yeah. I got off social media a few months ago, and so I'm kind of out of the loop of like what's hot, what's cool. I heard about these a few days ago. I still don't know all the details and everything that are in them, um, but they came up, someone was telling about it or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting thing. I kind of feel like, uh, I don't know, there's a part of me with the culture that we're in, I feel like there's something that's just kind of, one, people like to be a part of something that's different. People like to be a part of something weird or bigger than themselves. Lil Nas, like his stories, kind of cool. I mean, he kind of came out of nowhere, made this 
song, Old Town Road, and then blew up and all this stuff. And um, right now in our culture, you know, we celebrate a lot of things, um, especially being, you know, different and out there and countercultural. Um, I think to a certain extent, I think that there's some good in it in the sense of destigmatizing and and people who are different than the cultural norm just being people and recognizing that they're people and they deserve to be loved and cared for, which I think is good. But I think we live in a culture now that um, the idea of if you love someone um, and love is like accepting every little thing. And if you, I don't want to say, if, if there's any ounce of judgment or if there's any ounce of disagreement, then you don't truly love that person. Um, the shoes, I need to read up more about like what is going on with them. I think mm-hmm. that's just weird putting human blood in shoes yeah. and like it just trying to sell them as like, it, it's just kind of like this niche thing of like, oh, well, I'm going to try to be anti something and, and try to be cool in doing that. Um, but um, not trying to like, you know, hate on them or anything, but it just, the shoes, it seems a little weird. I think with the church, you start getting into, um, I don't know, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll kind of say anything about the shoes before we get on that, because I could talk about that for way too long, so. Yeah, what, what's your initial kind of thought about the shoes, Will? I mean, I don't know anything about this guy. I'm a little irrelevant when it comes to <laughs> but I mean, you just kind of think that people do stuff just to to be different, and I, you know, you wonder where their heart is in it. And I think people buy things just to be, you know, out there different. Yeah. Maybe they are, you know, want to worship the devil, and they feel like that's a sign for this. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have a strong like opinion on it one way or the other. I mean, it's different, right. strange, but yeah, I think. For me, there's two truths to this. Is one is, I think you know, as a celebrity, <clears throat> there is a little bit of like, I want to be like on the, I want to be talked about. There's no, what's the the, the old saying? There's no such thing as bad, uh, bad publicity. Yeah, and so like you know, for him, this helps him out. I mean, everybody's talking about him, but there's also the other truth that is, you know. As one, we talked about this a couple of days ago on my other podcast, Tell the Mountain Podcast. We talked about unity, uh, and like in John chapter eighteen, Jesus is is actually one of the few times like where Jesus actually is like praying out loud, praying for us, and he's praying for the church to be like unified, and how there's a lot of divisiveness among the church. But with this, I think too of like you know to cast the whole church because one of the things that came out was. You know, the church was abusive. The church was, yeah. you know, ostracized him. The church is bigger than, like, just a singular church. You know, there's a lot of different denominations. There's a lot of different people who proclaim to be Christians. There's people who proclaim to be Christians who would look at me and go, oh, that guy's missed the mark. There's Christians that I would look at and go, eh, kind of missed the mark a little bit. And so to, to openly blank and say the church has messed up on this, it's like, man, I know a lot of people who who maybe not condone certain sin, but definitely show grace, show love, show proper way to teach and, and love and support. And so to cast a light that all Christians are, you know, mean or evil or, you know, hypocritical and like, yeah, we're going to fall short, we're humans. But to say that, I just feel like this just kind of ignorant 
a little bit. And it'd also be ignorant to say that, you know, these people haven't felt that way about somebody. And one of my really close friends who I worked with in Texas, his name is Trent. I love Trent so much, so much. He, he was an atheist, or still is an atheist. And he and I had some of the best conversations. Talking about people I lived with and lived with Trent. And uh, we lived in the same house, not in the same room, though. And we, uh, we had just the most... He, I wouldn't say that he was like an angry atheist. You know, it wasn't like you know, he was angry at the world to become yeah. an atheist. He just, just didn't believe. And we would have some great conversations. And he said, you know, he, his thing was like the Bible has a lot of good moral codes. Like there's a lot of like mm-hmm. good moral standards, that, but it's not a belief system with him. And so we would just discuss different things. And I kid you not, five years later, that's five years ago, which is kind of crazy that it's been five years since I lived in Texas. But he called me about two weeks ago, and uh, he's in Austin, and I'm about, I think I'm going to visit him this summer. But he's in Austin, Texas, and him and the other buddy that was friends with us, they were hanging out in San Antonio, and they called me, and he told me, he said, Ben, you're going to start giggling. I'm about to say, oh, golly, which apparently I said that like, golly. Um, <laughs> and so he said, you're about to say, golly. And I was like, what's up, Trent? He goes, man, I, I've had an experience. He said, I, I was dating this girl, and, you know, I always say flirt to convert. And so uh, <laughs> he was dating this girl, and she was a believer. And he said, I got kind of open to the idea of belief, and I started reading mm. some scripture and he goes, and I've, I've read a lot of scripture, and I keep reading. He goes, I'm not saying I'm a Jesus lover, but I'm mm-hmm. not as far away as I thought I was. Wow. And so I took that as, as, as a win, that he's, you know, he's getting yeah. there, he's getting there, and he's starting to open his heart. And so, like, that's one of those ways where I had nothing to do with me at all. I think it's all the Holy Spirit. I think it's all God working in, working in him. And so... But I will say, if his experience with me as a Christian was, oh, you're an atheist, you're condemned, you're going to burn in hell, you're no good, you're unworthy, then of course he's never going to be open to that. And so I think there's a twofold of like, you know, I'm not saying what he's doing as an atheist is right, but there's a way to have conversations with somebody, to talk to them, to love them, and then let God, you know, if they're willing to open the door, God will go through that door. Um, but mm-hmm. if, but if we're helping put you know nails to shut the door, and then we're we're preventing opportunities for for relationship. Does that make sense? I feel yeah. like I just rambled on way too much, but um, so that's that's what I'm gonna say. Just love people. Well, I think I think that's a good you know it's it's so here's the the hard part, especially the the reason Lil Nas has probably felt burned. And again, I don't know him from Adam, so I he's on the podcast you know, next week. So yeah, I'll that'd be perfect. Yeah, yeah, let me let's come back in here. Um, is that especially with um, his sexuality mm-hmm. and the traditional stance is that the the Christianity, the traditional stance is that um, marriage is between man and a woman, and that is what God designed. Um, now, there are obviously there are different uh, denominations and different sects of Christianity that may think differently about that, but that is the traditional view of it. And so him growing up, I'm I don't know how old he how old is he? He's pretty young. Less than twenty four. Less than twenty four. Okay. So he still probably grew up a little bit with that um uh kind of 
thought in some of the traditional, you know, I don't know where he grew up, so I'm just assuming that that might have been the stance of the church. The thing is, is that I think people forget that... Uh, he was uh, uh, Lithia Springs, Georgia. Okay. He's 21 years old. 21, okay. So he may have grown up with some of those roots. But the thing is, is that I think what sometimes Christianity, and this is stereotypical right here, I think one of the things that we forget to not sell, but we forget to talk about is Jesus did come to save us from our sins. But the other thing Jesus, and it talks about in John 10, is that Jesus came to give life and life abundantly. And, and Jesus starts giving us this, uh, he's talking to the Pharisees, and he's, he gives two um, uh, kind of metaphors of him being the good shepherd, and then one where he's the gate um, to the, the, the pen for the sheep to be in. And he says, with me, um, th- this is like the second metaphor, with me, the, like, essentially, he says, with me, the, um, I am the gate, and when the sheep are with me, they can, essentially, they can come and go, and they can live um, kind of knowing that they're protected in a way. And so what Jesus is saying at this point is that um, with, with Jesus, we can live our lives freely knowing that we are with Jesus. We can live our day-in, day-out stuff. We can um, have relationships. We can go out to you. We can do these things knowing that we're with Jesus. And the thing is, is that Jesus has come not only to save us, but to give us life and life abundantly right now, that everything that you're a part of, for the most part, has rules and regulations. I mean, there are things like if you enter into a relationship with someone, there are things that you're not I don't want to say supposed to do, but there's there's things that you have to follow in a way if you want it to be successful, if you want it to be healthy. I mean, I know people get up in arms about stuff, but you think about fraternities and sororities, there's a code that you kind of, I don't want to say live by, but there are things that you get into an organization that you follow. The thing is with Jesus is that people forget we don't follow the law, we don't follow a certain way of life for that way of life's sake. We follow it because Jesus says this is a way of life that will give you abundant life. This will give you more freedom. So I, I was talking to my sister-in-law uh, uh, a couple years ago over at Christmas, and we were talking about some certain things, and I said, okay, I want you to imagine they have a son, and their son at this point was like two and a half years old. And I said, imagine your son coming to you and saying, hey, mom, I want to play in the front yard, but I want you to stay in the house. She, as a good parent, would say, no, because the front yard has no fence. Uh, their son at the time, uh, it's not that what's in the front yard is inherently bad. It's just that he doesn't understand, um, you know, stranger danger. He doesn't understand right. that he may get into the road and a car can't see him, all this other stuff. But as a good parent, you would say, you can go play in the backyard. Why? Because the backyard is fenced in and there's a better protection and freedom that comes in that, that he can actually explore more and do more, and she can have more peace about him living his life, essentially. Doesn't mean that he's not going to get hurt, doesn't mean that things can't go wrong, but it is a uh, healthier, better environment for him to flourish and for him to, because the thing is, is not only is it about their son getting hurt, she doesn't want him to hurt because when she, when he hurts, she hurts. And so the thing is, is that God does give us a way of living, 
and and does have some commands and things that we follow, but it's not to restrict us or out of a evil, tyrannical, um, powerful God that's just trying to make our lives, you know, miserable. What he's actually doing and saying is this way of life actually leads to life and life abundantly. It actually leads to freedom. And I think as the church sometimes, again, stereotypically, is we sell it um, as being a Christian is believing that Jesus died and rose again for our sins. Uh, we believe and, you know, resurrected, all that stuff, ascended. We believe that he is the Savior and the Messiah. Um, but then after that, it's like, okay, now we just follow a, a bunch of rules of do's and don'ts. So we can either assure that we get into heaven or we, um, you know, that's how you can figure out if you're going to heaven or you're going to hell, like just do this or don't do this or do this or don't do this. We don't not do something or do something to try to like gain salvation. Salvation is only through the faith in Jesus Christ. But that's where Jesus comes in and says, I've come to give you life and life abundantly starting now. And that if we follow after Jesus, if we follow his way on this journey and we follow these things, not for those things sake, but for following after the Lord, we're trusting because what it kind of comes back to is, do we really believe that God is good? Do we really believe that God loves us and has a plan for us and wants the best for us? Because if we can do that, then we can trust in his way, even when it doesn't make sense, because we're not going to know all the answers and we can't give, you know, it, it, sometimes it's hard to say, like, this is what the Lord is sharing with us and saying the way we should live our life. Right. But it leads to abundant life. It leads to actually true freedom. And I think we forget about that and people don't realize that and they just see it as this oppressive thing when actually it's a freeing thing. Right. I mean, the rules are because I love you. You yeah, know, I'm your good father. I'm your good dad. Your dad tells you to do stuff because he, he's older than you. He's wiser than you. He knows. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I was just thinking when you were saying that, there's a Colossians. I knew it was one or two, but then I flipped over while you were talking. But Colossians 2, 6, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. And so you think, how did you receive him? In faith and love that he died for you. How do you walk in him and continue walking in him? In the same way, you know. Yeah. Not by rule following and earning his earning your salvation, but through faith and trust in him that he's good. And if he says to do something, whether it be in his word or through his spirit or through whatever coming from him, that it's good and it's for your good. I mean, you think about this, like, I wish that guy, and I don't know how God works in this, but like, I think, like, how do I, how do I know God's good is because I've experienced some pretty early in life. You know, yeah. I knew really early that God is real. You know, there, a lot of people question God is real, but then I also got experience, you know, that He is good. Um, and that's a, I don't know, it's a cool story and testimony for me that my grandmother died. It wasn't long after I came to believe in the Lord, um, a few months afterwards, and I was still a kid. But um, my favorite person at that time was my, my, my dad's mom, my grandmother. Um, and she spooled me and my twin brother and would take us from actually the house I live in now to um, a little grocery store that was behind the square at the time and we'd sit on the little carousel and she'd buy something and just let us play bridge with her um you know women's club buddies because they didn't have two other partners so me and my brother played with them and yeah we would watch the braves game at their house and just run around and i don't know she was just awesome i mean she was a, a school teacher so she knew how to treat kids but she was my favorite um but november december um 
uh, when I was probably eight or so, she fell and it turned out had cancer and ended up dying a few months later. And I was, you know, I, I grew up in, in church and um, knew the plan of salvation had already become a Christian, but never heard her testimony, you know. And so I was like questioning my mind, like, you know, is this woman who I love to death, am I ever going to get to see her again? Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not even praying at this moment, but just in my basement and where my room was, me and my brother, um, and I was by myself crying, and all of a sudden, like, God's just spirit came down and just gave me more peace and joy than I've ever experienced in my life, to where I was, as a second grader, crying, and then all of a sudden turn around, like, laughing, jumping for joy within a day or two of my grandmother passing, you know, my mm-hmm. favorite person. And so then, like, that experience for me is, like, that God who you feel is judgmental and people who claim to follow him has, you know, in your mind, judged you for, you know, how being gay or just like having a sin in your life that you know you think you have her um and i don't know how to describe that i'm not trying to you know put that in anything but i like knew from early ages that god is good and he loves us and so that's just tough to hear like whatever that guy's going through that he does not have that same experience yet and i hope he does you know to know that god is good and that people who follow him aren't perfect but god is perfect like jesus is perfect if you read his gospels Right. Just read what he did, you know, like he loved everybody. What are you talking about? He even loved the Pharisees and he was trying to convert yeah. them because they, even though they were judgy. Um, I, I lo- well, I think, I think yeah. that's the thing. I mean, you're, you're described, that's the thing that we forget about is that, you know, we read about in Psalm 139 that we are all uniquely and wonderfully made, knit together in our mother's womb before we were even a sparkle in our parents' eyes, before we were ever known, we were written down like God loves us. Now, here's the thing. That isn't just for believers. That's for all of his creation. And so every person has worth and every person um, every person should know that they are loved. The, the thing that I, I think as Christians, sometimes we go down this rabbit hole is like, you know, we, we don't often, we, we feel like we have to be the ones to push God's God's message and we have to be the ones to save or we have to be the ones to do stuff. Like, you know, we have to push that harder. The thing is, is that loving someone doesn't, the the way that I've always understood it, and because the Bible does talk about like, you know, people are like, where, where's the line of like judging people, not judging people, judging actions? Like, where do we, like, where's that line? And, and I think scripture is pretty clear on a lot of this stuff, but I think that we aren't called to judge people in the sense of condemning their hearts and who they are. Yeah, we can judge actions. We can say, okay, like, hey, this, you know, this is hurting you, or this is hurting others, or this isn't the way God has planned it. But we're not judging the person, like condemning their hearts. Right. And and the thing is, is that what happens is, instead of us being able to lovingly, in as Paul says, tell the truth in love, instead of being able to want to walk through it with them, we just want to prove someone right or wrong, or we want to sh- show like how bad they are, and they just need Jesus, and we all need Jesus. But there's this, if we can remember to be humble in the sense that all of us, all of us fall short of the glory of God, and all of us inherently are, we have sin in our lives because of Adam and Eve and the original sin coming in, like we're all born into that, but Jesus saves us. And since Jesus saves us and wants to give us life and life abundantly and freedom, then that's something we need to lead with people and we need to care for people, even the people that seem like they do something way out there. Lil Nas needs love and and 
the thing is, is that I don't hate the guy for what he's doing or how, you know, atrocious. If he feels hurt and shamed, like, of course, like, that comes out. Like, hurt people. I read this book, and this author said, hurt people hurt people. And if we recognize that people that are hurting are going to hurt people, and we're all in need of God's love. We're all in need of of someone that can say, you're hurting, well, I want to walk with that through you. There's a better way, and, and you can read through the Gospels, just like you said, of how Jesus, his whole point is showing them a different way. He's showing them a way of life that leads to life abundantly, that leads to salvation, that leads to his peace and his joy, that when we tell people about it, we want to we want to tell them about that and, and walk with them through that, not just condemn their hearts or judge them like you're a terrible person. No, we're all terrible people if we want to get down to that. Right. It, ma- it makes me think about, uh, well, first of all, well, thank you for sharing that story about your grandma. That was really sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me think about you not, not judging people or co- co- like being too harsh, you know, like, you know, we all fall short. I, I didn't get to know God until later in life. I mean, I was in college. And so, and I came from a place of feeling empty. There's a void in my heart. There's, you know, there's death in the family. There's, there's depression. There's a breakup. There's all these different events in my life that just made me feel so empty. And like, I always describe my heart, like there was like this abyss and there was nothing that was going to fill it up. And, and through there, I got to be introduced by a friend. Literally a friend was like, hey, man, you want to get some Starbucks? So we went and got some Starbucks. It was freshman year in college and towards the end. And so, and then he was like, hey, I was about to go visit my youth group. You want to come with? And I was like, no, I don't want to go to some high school youth group. Like, I'm I'm good, buddy. He's like, oh, come on, dude. We'll play video games afterwards. And I was like, all right, you got me video games. And I went and... And I heard there was two songs that really hit home. One started me getting teary-eyed. The one of them had me walk out of the room. And the one that got me uh, teary-eyed was a song called um, uh, Set a Fire Down in My Soul That I Can't Contain, That I Can't Control, which just like kind of got me like thinking. And, and I was just sitting in the back of the room. like All these high schoolers there, the band was playing the song. And I was like, man, that kind of got me teary-eyed. And then the next song was the song of like, your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. And for a guy who's never felt the love of God or never felt something that's so unconditional, so abundant, mm-hmm. as you put it, like, and it never fails, and I felt like my relationship with my girlfriends failed, some of my friendships have failed, you know, there's death in the family, that's failed. And so like, to hear that, and then it hit home with me. Like, 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 like it was more than just the song lyrics. It was like... You know, the the spirit was yeah. just like working in me, and and I walked out. I walked out of the room, and then Chris Davis, shout out to Chris, is the one that came and talked to me, and that's where I just started bawling out crying, and that's where I accepted Christ. I was like, man, I I, I need something in my life, and from that, I've I felt, you know, I've grown in faith. I've grown mm-hmm. like I still remember. I don't know if I told the story in the podcast probably a thousand times already, but I remember reading the gospel. Where like Mark ten twenty seven says, right with man it's impossible, with God all things are possible. And then I remember reading it in Matthew, going, oh, "The Bible has it in here twice. Like there's a mess mm-hmm. up, there's a typo." Mm-hmm. And like Chris had to tell me, "Well, the gospel is these three, you know, four guys, you know, who are uh, telling the story of Jesus. So there's going to be similarities." And I feel like an idiot. 
But I was learning. I'm literally learning from grassroots. But this joy that I felt with God and this love I felt with God was always just growing. It's this fire that I can't contain. I don't want to control. I don't wow. want to contain. I want it to keep growing. But from there, one of the, the gifts that I, I've seen is, man, like, there's a lot of hurt out there. And maybe sometimes, not trying to, to judge anybody, but, like, people who have faith, and they like they've been in faith for a long time. They forget that there's a lot of hurt in the world, and then maybe they are also hurting. But you know they don't. They have something to deal with. They have Jesus to do, like helps them mm-hmm. get through some of the stuff. Well, some of these people don't have Jesus, mm-hmm. and so have some compassion, have some kindness, have some empathy about what these people are going through, and and not just with a gay issue, but just with, with just with anything. Yeah. D- depression, anxiety, stress. I see it with my students all the time. These kids are literally about to crack with so much pressure and it, it just eats me up because like I want them to know that there's love. I want them to know that the school is not the end all be all the, the kingdom. Yeah. Like you're worshiping your GPA more so than the cross. Like wow. let's have a little check about that. And then and not saying that school's not important. You know, obviously I work in education. School is important, but it's not the end all be all. And so have some compassion, have some like love for them. And I think there is a movement for people to spread their arms out wide to bring people in. But, man, if your arms are closed, people aren't going to get to know Jesus. And so just to, I don't know, walk a, what's the old saying, like, walk a mile in someone else's shoes to truly understand, yeah. you know, what well, you can't, going through. Especially in our culture right now, you can't, and I believe this true in many cultures and just time periods, but especially right now, you, you can only go as far as the bridge is built with someone. I mean, I don't care how true of what you're saying is, like, absolute truth. Mm. Unless you build a bridge with them, unless you're willing to walk through life with them, unless you're trying to, mm-hmm. to know who they are, they're not going to care what you have to say, and you don't really care. And, and really what you're making them is you're, you're not making them human. All you want to do is be right. And in that kind of line of thinking, you can go back to John 10. I mean, what was Jesus when he starts the 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 parable of the good shepherd, or the two metaphors, what had just happened in John 9, well, he had just healed this blind dude, you know, spit in the mud, put on his eyes, and the Pharisees were trying to, like, figure out how he got healed, and then they're like, but you can't do that on the Sabbath, and they were trying to, you know, half of them, half of the Pharisees were split, that thinking that, well, then he must be, you know, as you know, evil or sinful or something. And then this guy's like, well, how can someone that's sinful heal someone? God can't use them for that. And so I say he's a prophet and they didn't like that answer. And so what does Jesus uh, go on? And as he's talking to the Pharisees, he said, the, um, I forget what it is, the, the, um, something comes to steal, the, uh, not the devil, the something comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but thief. I've come to get... The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And when he's giving that imagery, what he's talking about, the first little metaphor that he gives is kind of like there's these like sheep pens like within more of a, a I don't want to say metro area, but they would keep it in the middle of the, the city, and they would have a hired hand that would watch where they put all the sheep at night, and it would be kind of in the middle of town or whatever. But the hired hand would know when the shepherd's coming, but anyone that jumped the wall to get in with the sheep wasn't the shepherd, and they they were there to do more harm. They weren't there, like, coming to take care of their sheep. They were trying to take the sheep out or do whatever. The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so 
who is he talking to? He's talking to the Pharisees, saying, "You think you're coming in like as a, a you know, as a prophet, you know, as someone that's righteous for God, but really you're jumping in because you're forgetting I am the shepherd." And you're and and Jesus talks about that some of the sheep will be you know whisked away because they'll they'll be you know enticed by what the Pharisees have to say. So he pretty much calls out the Pharisees and say, "You're coming to steal, kill, and destroy. You're trying to put all these burdens of people having to follow these things a certain way. And if they don't, then they're nasty, they're wrong, and you're going to cast them out, and you're going to do this. That you forgot the heart of God is for His people and the lost sheep, and and." If we would get out of our ways, eat a slice of humble pie, and realize we all mess up, even after following Jesus, right. even and even before we were fall. If we can realize that everyone, God, because God talks about in the the Gospels that His desire is for the whole world to be saved. So if we can do that, realize we need to build bridges, and people are going to do what seems outrageous at times, or like really weird. But if we could understand that and just like, you know what, no, everyone deserves to be loved. We've all messed up. We don't all have the answers. But you know what, the Holy Spirit, y'all just told two stories of the Holy Spirit moving. And if we would allow the Holy Spirit to move and just be the vessels, like you said, Ben, to open up, to love people, to stand by God's Word, and that's not not loving people when you can disagree with them, but we can do it in a loving way, and we care more about the person then we do care about their actions. The yeah, actions are important and all that, but if we can love that person no matter what, people are still going to be hurt because we're broken people, even people within the right. church. But man, we like we the Holy Spirit can move in ways that it, it doesn't, and we're not the ones that make God move. We're not the ones that save people. It's only Jesus Christ. So why would we not want to love on people? And it, and it's difficult, you know. We're not saying that you know there's not many people who test you. And your patience, but it's definitely worth it, um, very much so. Will Nathan, I really appreciate y'all both being here. Um, Will, this is your first episode, and so I don't know. I know you listen to every single episode possible, <laughs> and so you know that we end each episode with a little segment called the Nugget of Wisdom, because you know it's like a little nugget, like a little gold nugget of wisdom, but it's also like you know this is the hometown of Dahlonega, Georgia, for all those listeners who are not from North Georgia. Dahlonega is the first major gold rush, little nuggets of gold. So I'll let you go. I'll let you go last. So Show me how to okay, do it, okay. Yeah, that way because you're because you're the first one. Yeah. So I want you to think about it. Get something really good. Nathan, what do you got for us? Nugget of wisdom. I would say, especially since this has been more of a spiritual podcast. Yeah, it's been it's been hardcore spiritual. We started off with a little fun roommate stuff, and then it went whoop all spiritual. What what I'll say, I'll, I'll stay on that route. I believe wholeheartedly when we get to the pearly gates and we get to heaven, mm-hmm. that the thing that you will never hear God say is you showed too much grace and you loved people too much. So, that being said, always extend grace, always extend love, don't diminish the truth, but I, pro- I, I do not believe that we can show too much grace, that we can show too much love, and, and I think it's important that we do that. Uh, mine is a quote that is actually I say it all the time with my youth kids, and this last Friday we had a a Friday fun day, and one of the girls painted it on one of my ceiling tiles. We had like this drop ceiling in my office, and so you could take off the tiles, and they all painted all the different ones. And she like, then can I put a quote of yours that you say 
that I really love? And I was like, yeah. And it's uh, it, it's not original. It's from a book, but I say it all the time. And it's, uh, you are created on purpose and for a purpose. And so I just like people who maybe feel lost or maybe people who maybe are just in a rut faith-wise or maybe they're just, you know, maybe they're, they're on fire right now. Just remember that you were created on purpose and for a purpose. Mm. Um, and maybe you don't quite know what that is yet, but just know that there is one. Um, and and that's always that always gets me on fire. Whenever I feel like, man, I'm feeling like, Am I wasting my life away? Am I am I not being faithful? Am I why am I doing this youth ministry or why am I doing this in my personal life? You were created on purpose and for a purpose. Don't you ever forget that. Uh, just just to give you a little nugget, David G. Benner wrote this book. It's beautiful. It's called The Gift of Being Yourself. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he says is human beings will try to be are the only things only creatures that try to be something they're not. A tree will always be a tree, a flower will be a flower, a dog will be a dog, a cat will be a cat, but a human will always try to be something it's not. And he says, when we aren't who we are created to be, if we're not who like God has created us to be, then we rob the world of God's creation. And so being who you are and being content in that and, and, and living, knowing that you were created for a purpose, what'd you say? Uh, credit on purpose. On purpose and for purpose, just as you are, and leaning into that and leaning into God, then you can be who you are, and then the world is a better place because you are being who God created you to be. Absolutely. If I go to a Wesley and I hear you saying, hey, guys, I was the other day, I just came up with this thing called credit on purpose and for I'll give you credit. I like, That's, that was an eighth and Oh, original. perfect. Okay. Make sure, to, <laughs> make sure to drop this later. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Will Maxwell, uh, Doctor Maxwell, uh, what what do you have for us, man? Drop some knowledge. Could be legal advice, whatever man. it is. <laughs> you know, call one eight hundred Will Maxwell. Have you been in an accident? <laughs> Police officers are good people, but if they're pulling you over or they're questioning you, it's probably because they want you to get in trouble. So don't say. Anything. <laughs> That's good to know. I didn't know that. No, I don't know. You cut this one time. Cut <laughs> this one time. I don't know. This, I can cut this out. This is legally going to get you in trouble. Will was working on a court case, and like he was watching on his body cam footage, and he was getting so heated. He was like, "Man, this guy's not doing this right." Like, and I was like, "Can I watch?" He was like, "Man, look at this. Uh, this wrong. This wrong. This wrong. Why is he trying to do this? Why is he asking these questions? Why are they leading? It's just trying to get her to get in trouble. She's a good lady." She, she loves people. Why, why? And this like he was just so passionate about defending this person, and I was like, I want him to be my absolutely. Lawyer. I don't even absolutely. want. I don't want to even be in trouble. But if I am, that's who I want. That's, that's who, who I, I want. want. And that's what I'm telling you, man. You have a heart. He has a and he, you're he's a heart. You're in the constitutionalist. Is that what you called yourself? <laughs> of, like, <laughs> I like to think so. He's like he likes to think so. So, anyways, I, I can cut that out. That's illegal. That, right. I, I mean, <laughs> law enforcement. They're doing their. That's made in the image of God. Also, is just to enforce things yeah. and have repercussions. It's a fantastic thing. But also, we do live in a pretty good country where where we have freedoms and you can't trample on them. Um, I guess some wisdom, and you can probably cut that out, Ben, because I don't ever want anybody to think I don't love law enforcement <laughs> or the humans that do it. No, they, they're that, great. No, 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 no. Um, you love them. You love them. I'm not cutting it out. Uh, <laughs> Too much work. I just kind of think some – here's a thought. <laughs> the grass withers and the flower fades away, but the word of the Lord lasts mm. forever. So just the thought that, like, I'm going to die. You know, yeah. like everything that I do 
and everything that I stand for or I possess is going to wither away. But the word of the Lord is going to last forever. And what's the word of the Lord? I mean, just think about all the lovely things that Jesus says and yeah. how God loves us. Like all those Psalms, read Psalm 136 where the refrain is just basically how God's exceeding love is for us and yeah. everything he does for us. And Jesus says, I love you. I died for you. I want you to know me. That's what eternal life is in John 17. That's what mm-hmm. Jesus' prayer is, that eternal life, think about that. What his reward is for us is knowing him and just the yeah. knowledge of like having a close friend, a father, a brother. Well, and that known, if I'm not mistaken, the known, especially in the New Testament, that's it's, um, I can't remember the Greek word for it, but it's like the deep, it, it's essentially this deepest intimacy, like mm. he uses it almost in the, the mirror image of like the bedroom chamber that uh, a husband and wife share, right. not in a, God wants to know it's in a sexual way, but he's talking about the deepest intimacy, intimate, like knowing of who we are. And he even repeats that in, in John 10, that my sheep know me and I know mm-hmm. them. And, and he's talking about the deepest intimate intimacy yeah. of being known, which man, that's, level. that's just so, that is beautiful. I just yeah. think like, you know, you think that if I'm going to wither away, that it's a bad thing, I'm going to die, but really it just takes the pressure off that I'm yeah. just going to do. I'm going to be content. Like you talking about earlier at um, canopy about just being content, knowing the Lord Trusting him and knowing he's got it because he's the one that's going to last forever. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have to we have to wrap it up, y'all. I really appreciate you both being in here for today's podcast. I'm definitely going to get y'all back because I love having a good spiritual conversation. Man. Oh, yeah. I think sometimes people shy away from it or they just try to do it with themselves, and it's like it's good, it's okay to have conversations to grow and, and get different perspectives and different experiences. So I appreciate y'all being here. If you haven't already, subscribe on Apple and Spotify. If you could, please leave us a five-star rating and write us a review. We're, we're over 11,000 downloads of the Great White Buffalo podcast. And so I, I was trying to come up with a goal. I think I want to try to do at least 15,000, but hopefully by the end of the year, 20,000 downloads. And we are on our way to do that. And that's because of y'all just listening and being dedicated. And we just appreciate all the love and support y'all giving us. We appreciate you so, 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 so much. This is a passion project of mine, and I, I don't get you know financial compensation for this. I just love doing it because I love conversation. I love community. I love connecting with people. And so I just want to say I really appreciate y'all, and y'all are amazing. And uh, stay tuned for our next episode of the Great White Buffalo Podcast. Thanks, Ben.